So Revelation chapter 13. Again, um, I'm using a slightly different translation. It's called the Modern English. It's based on the King James, but a little more modern. So hopefully you'll be able to follow along uh, with it. Uh, tonight's chapter is, uh, I don't know if it's a difficult one, but it's got a lot of things in it. And hopefully I can just touch on some of the important things and some of the deeper things without uh, getting too carried away uh, for a, a deeper study for another time. But it's also got some controversial things, things that even the world is familiar with. And uh, hopefully as we get into it, the Lord will give us a little bit of clarity into it as we uh, look to that. But I've uh, entitled it, A Call for Wisdom, A Call for Wisdom. And part of that's based on some things that the way that this translation uh, words it. Uh, but I think, um, you know, I, I, at first I was like, well, what am I, what am I going to name this? And usually it comes to me as I get through the study uh, towards the end. But at first, you know, the title of the subhead you might see in your Bible talks about the two beasts. And that would be sort of the straightforward title for the message, the two beasts. But I believe that there's something deeper here for us to, to look at, that God wants us to look for a call for wisdom, that as we read this, God really wants us to be wise. I mean, when we read Revelation at the beginning, it tells us that there's a blessing in reading it, a blessing in hearing it. Um, and I think that obviously the Lord would want us to have wisdom when we come to the Bible, that we don't just walk away the same as we did before, but we walk away a little bit wiser, right? Not any younger, but a little bit wiser, hopefully, in, in how we can apply our lives uh, to what we've read. Uh, but just a review of Revelation, uh, John, the Apostle John's on Patmos, and we saw Jesus revealed in glory. Like we talked about last week, if you look at the whole Bible, Revelation is almost this anomaly, right? Like I, I'm definitely oversimplifying it. But when you look at Revelation, sort of God revealing everything that wasn't revealed previously in the scriptures. He's making it super clear. Like, yeah, there was alluded to, uh, Revelation is not counterintuitive to the rest of the scripture, but he peels back the layers of heaven. We're able to see heaven. We're able to see Jesus for who he is, uh, revealed in full glory. And we're able to see the future clearly. Um, and that's something that I think for all history people were looking for. And yet somehow we kind of gloss over it and don't always pay as much attention to it as we should. And yet God says there's a blessing in that. We know that it talks about the end of the world as we know it. Uh, it starts out with the letters to the churches. Uh, but the, the bulk of it is about a time that's coming, a time that's quickly coming, I believe, upon us. Uh, and even the, the church fathers would think that it was quickly coming upon them as well, and that was 2,000 years ago, so how much more for us? But most of it centers on the seven years of the Great Tribulation, uh, a time like the earth has never seen before, and a time that we're going to get a little bit of a glimpse into tonight. Uh, but really, the, the fact is that it's a judgment on the nations, that nations don't go into the afterlife, and God is going to judge those nations, judge the nations that are on the earth even now for the sins that they're a part of uh, in Revelation. And it's also a judgment on those who follow Satan. And we'll see even clear, more clearly tonight how they follow him completely, uh, but the judgment that's due to them. But I believe also, knowing you know, the heart of God from other areas of Scripture, that uh, it while his judgment is right, we looked at a few weeks ago, and it's just, and it's perfect, and it's holy, I don't know that God gets any pleasure out of it in the sense of some sadistic sense, right? He's not like, yes, I finally get to judge the earth. I've been waiting to do this the whole time. But really that there's a grief to it, that God is judging the world to wake up the world because 
He knows as bad as this is, as hard as his judgment is, an eternity in hell in judgment is far worse. And for any who would still turn to him, he wants to get their attention. And so I believe that that's really the, the main purpose of Revelation because it hasn't happened yet for us. It's to get our attention. It got my attention before I came to the Lord. It's in fact what brought me to truly know him was reading Revelation and hearing his spirit say to me, you're not ready. You don't want to go through this and it's about to happen. But previously we saw the seventh angel sound, the seventh trumpet, uh, the kingdoms of the world, uh, heaven proclaims have become the kingdom of Christ and yet Revelation isn't over yet, but we know that it will happen and that these things are going to happen and the course is not going to change for them. The 24 elders worship that God has taken his great power uh, unto himself. Uh, and that was a good study, at least I thought so for myself. Um, but we saw a great sign last week, a great sign in heaven that there was this hologram, if you will, in heaven of a woman giving birth. And she gives birth to a son who is uh, Jesus, right? And the woman being Israel. We saw a sign in heaven of a great red dragon, and that's uh, Satan. And he goes out and tries to devour this child. Uh, a war breaks out in heaven. He's oh, here's my mom. Good stuff. Ha! <laughs> Good job, Mia. I called her and I, mother told, told me to call Good job, Mia. Hey, mama. <laughs> I forgot. It's okay. It's all right. Going through, going through photos to send you. Oh, so at least you were thinking of me, right? <laughs> Hi. Hello. Uh, Hello, how are you? I'm well. <laughs> I look like the wreck of the Hesperus. I didn't have to do anything today. Look at my, I have to dim the lights. You can, okay. It's, a, it's okay, Mama. You're beautiful. I know. Um, Hi, Mia. Thank you for calling me, honey. Yeah. Hi, Mama Joanne. Me too. <laughs> so, Mom, we're in Revelation 13, and I'm still okay. uh, in the introduction, um, which will be about another hour. But <laughs> we saw that sa there was that war in heaven, that Satan was kicked out of heaven. And when he came to, he realized he was on earth. And he goes after Israel, and God protects Israel. And then he goes after uh, the offspring of, uh, that, uh, of Israel, the believers. Um, we're not going to get into current events like we have in the past couple weeks. But I will bring up two headlines. Uh, top economists, we're about to abandon traditional system of money and replace it with digital blockchain. Now, I'd make the notes available on the website if you're interested for links, so those will be available later. Uh, but then also, uh, there's another one. European nations start rationing food and fuel. So Spain, the government has given uh, the, the supermarkets the right to ration food. And uh, this was actually something Ashley and I and a few others were talking about recently, uh, you know, expecting to see it here, and we're already starting to see it. So uh, know that things may not get better, but at least we won't be around for this. Um, but we're going to see things that as they set up today, um, I'll, I'll get into the primer. I won't go off on that tangent, but sometimes we think of revelation, the events of revelation that they start in revelation, right? Like we read Daniel and we know the events of Daniel took place in Daniel. We don't really think of them taking place. And sometimes we think of revelation as just being the things that happen at the end and they only happen in the end and we're not there yet. But I propose to you that we already are there, that even scripture would say that we're already in uh, the course of these things is already taking place. And this is just the culmination of them. This is just the peak of these things that happen. Um, and I think sometimes because of that, we, we tend not to worry about it. We tend not to think about it. We tend to maybe even not pay attention to the signs and things that are going on around us. 
Um, again, true, we're not going to know who the Antichrist is. The Bible's clear that he won't be revealed until uh, the Holy Spirit allows it uh, after the rapture. Uh, but these events started long ago. That the spirit of the events that we read about, the spirit that is going on in Revelation that we're literally going to look at today, is already at work in the world and has been at, the, at work in the world, uh, at least in this final form since uh, the resurrection of Jesus. The same John who wrote Revelation, remember the Apostle John, the same John who wrote the Gospel John, he wrote these verses um, in First and Second John that I'm about to read with you, potentially up to 20 years after Revelation. No one knows exactly the dates when they were written, but Revelation apparently from my brief study looks like it was written earlier than John. So it's interesting that after John has seen all these things, uh, written all these things, sent these letters out to the churches and writes John and First John and Second John, we know he focuses on love, right? So it's really interesting how God has really focused this man's attention on just love each other, right? Love one another, little children. But he says this in 1 John 1. Uh, he says, uh, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is, this is you know, only 20, 30, 40 years after uh, 50 years after the after the ascension, and he's already saying many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come is of God. And I'll skip down just for time. He finishes and says, This is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. And this is John writing this 2,000 years ago. The Spirit of the Antichrist is in the world. But the man who wrote this, who saw in heaven the visions and saw the things on earth that have yet to come, says the spirit of the Antichrist is already there. 1 John 2.18, he goes on uh, a little bit later. He says, um, children, it is the last hour. And just as you have heard the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. And because of that, we know it's the last hour. 1 John 2.22, who is the liar? But the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. So I don't think any of you deny the Father and the Son, but if there's someone who's listening anywhere or as someone who denies the Father or the Son, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, they may not be the Antichrist, but that's the same spirit that's going to be in the Antichrist. The one, and in fact, he's going to fulfill it so much that he claims to be the Father and the Son, as we'll see tonight. Um, and Second John 1, 7, John says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Uh, lowercase, right? Uh, you know, and those who deny Jesus for who he actually is, whether they have a Christian name or not, whether they have they wear the collar, whether they have something called a church, right? I don't know if you've seen those things about the church, you know, quote unquote church of Scientology, right? No matter what they call themselves, if they prescribed anything other than the gospel in our day and age, they are under the influence of the spirit of the Antichrist, and they are in effect teaching those things. Um, but more so, I, th I think what we can take out of this um, is that and some of the things that I think the Lord revealed to me as I was coming to him is that these things are a pattern, right? That Hitler, if, if the Lord had allowed it to be, Hitler could have been the Antichrist, right? But he wasn't, right? Justin Trudeau in Canada, I'm sure would love it if he could have power over the whole world. Uh, and maybe he will one day. Maybe he's it. I don't know. Uh, but he's a type of it, right? That those in charge of the world now, those uh, 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 whether they realize it or not, who 
are under the sway of the spirit of the Antichrist are under that power. And potentially, if we're reading the signs and the, the, the signs and seasons, the times and seasons correctly, the Antichrist could be alive right now. He could be the CEO of a business. He could be your senator. He could be in charge of some small European state. Uh, he could be a child. He could not be born yet. I don't know. But uh, uh, he will eventually be out there, and he will be fully under the sway of Satan at some point, as we'll see. And I won't get into it just for time, but even Paul writes about the Antichrist in 1 Timothy 4 and 2 Thessalonians 2. Uh, even Daniel writes about the Antichrist. Um, uh, a really good pas uh, passage in Daniel 11, 29-39. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, but he says, He shall regard neither the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall exalt himself above them all. And we kind of saw that uh, recently about uh, him taking over the Holy of Holies, right? And potentially at this middle point of the tribulation. Uh, there's a whole, a whole bunch of studying we could do about that. But for time, I'm uh, certainly not going to get into it. But today, as we look at Revelation 13, we're going to look at two beasts, right? Um, I don't know what the show is, but isn't there a show called The Fantastic Beast? I don't even know what that's about. Uh, but we're looking at two beasts. But we're also going to encounter two calls. Two beasts and two calls. And the calls are one for patience and faith of the saints. And the second is for wisdom. The second is for wisdom. And Lord, I pray that God, uh, God you would give us wisdom. That God, these things are deep and sometimes shrouded. And you even say that it's going to take uh, quite a bit of wisdom to understand part of what we're going to read tonight. And I don't know that anyone will fully understand it in our day, but I know that I'm sure that those who read this during the tribulation who uh, are seeking you, God, you will give them wisdom and it will be clear for them to understand what to do and what not to do. But God, I pray you would give us that wisdom and we thank you for it. Uh, and we know that you are the spirit of all wisdom. Uh, and it comes down peaceably and pure from heaven. We love you, God. Thank you for all those here, God. It's an honor uh, and privilege to be able to share with them and pray with them and just see them and talk. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's look at Revelation chapter 13. And we'll look at the first five verses here together uh, tonight. And uh, John says, I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns and with ten crowns on his horns, and blasphemous names on his head. So just try and picture this, right? Revelation has a lot of uh, things that are very visceral to imagine. So try and imagine this John on the beach, and he sees a beast coming out of the sea. Uh, verse 2, The beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority. John says, I saw one of his heads as if it was mortally wounded, but his deadly wound was healed, and the whole world marveled and followed the beast. They worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to wage war with him? He was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to wage, for, wage war for 42 months. So that's three and a half years or half of the tribulation period. But John's on the beach. This is probably the Mediterranean, right? He's, uh, uh, you know, he's from uh, Israel, right? He was exiled to the island of Patmos, right? And we know that God took him up to heaven. So maybe he was transported to Cancun. I don't know. 
but he's on the beach and he sees a beast come up out of the sea. And uh, as I was looking at the commentary from David Guzik, he brings up the point that the Jewish people, especially in biblical times, regarded the sea as wild, untamed, and a frightening place. They said even Solomon's navy was from another king, right? That the Jewish people weren't necessarily seafaring people. Uh, but ancient Israel was very wary of the sea. It was a figure of evil and chaos uh, that seemed to resist God, right? Like uh, even Jonah wanted to be cast overboard when he wanted to die into the stormy sea. Uh, but this word beast, Therion, uh, it's a wild animal, a venomous wild beast. When we went out hiking a couple weeks ago, Jacob was uh, very concerned about a wild beast of a mountain lion coming to get us. Uh, Alicia found a deer hoof, you know, it was probably from one, but we are prepared for this and I was not scared, otherwise I would not have taken my children to that place. But I have taken it other places where they do have signs that says you're entering grizzly territory. Uh, to be watch out and so we need to be wary of a wild beast uh, coming upon us but that's the that's the idea here that there's also a metaphor that this is a, a brutal beast of a man savage and ferocious and i'm sure some of us may or may not have had bosses in life or have seen politicians who are just brutal beasts or uh, maybe watched wrestling and there was wild characters who came right or you watch mma and you see these monsters of a man who's able to just pummel another monster of a man um, and this is this person. Um, I don't know uh, necessarily that he looks like an MMA fighter, but his personality is beastly. You know, he may come with a sweet business talk, but when it comes down to it, he's going to get what he wants when he wants, and it doesn't matter what it's going to take. And we see that uh, he is even a warrior as well. And who can wage war with him? Whether he's a warrior himself or just a great general, um, uh, the case is that he is a beastly person. Uh, but he has seven heads and ten horns. And if you remember, that's exactly the way the dragon was depicted. And yet, he is not the dragon. He is a beast coming up out of the sea. Uh, but he has a lot of power and strength. That you know, If there's like one snake, you can kind of stomp on the head and deal with it. But if he's got seven heads, that's going to be pretty hard to stop. That he's going to have his hands in everything. Uh, he's going to have his influence over everything. And you're not going to be able to stomp him out. Uh, it's going to be hard to kill. Think of those old creatures of old Greek and Roman lore, you know, the, the three-headed dog, three-headed dragons, right, that the, the guy would have to fight and it would be a hard challenge. Um, but think of our modern woes, uh, how evil is intertwined everywhere. You might get someone good into office, you know, let's use DeSantis in Florida as for a politician, he seems like a good politician. But look what's right there, you've got Disney. So despite him being in political power, there is this huge influence of social power in Florida that is the antithesis to him. This evil influence that wants to corrupt children and hates the laws that he's doing that don't even really go that far to protect children. Um, uh, but that's there. And how hard is it to stamp that out? That, you know, maybe you stomp Disney out, but the school is indoctrinating children. Maybe you stomp that out. But then uh, the news is indoctrinating people. Or maybe you stomp that out. But then, you know, there's, there's so many heads that there's no way for us to fully stomp it out without a full-on campaign against it. And even then, if we read this, we know who prospers up until the time of Jesus' return. And it, as, as we're going to read later today, it's not the believers who, who win the war. Uh, we may win the battle for now, and I pray we do. But uh, know that uh, until Jesus comes back, it's potentially a losing fight. And I don't mean to discourage us from getting involved in politics or social structures or anything of that nature. In fact, the opposite. I think we do need to stand up or, other, or else we're going to have blood on our hands.
Uh, but he has 10 crowns. Again, this picture of authority, an earthly authority, uh, potentially over 10 kingdoms on earth. Uh, he's like a leopard and bare feet and, a, and a, a, a mouth of a lion, right? We know Satan goes around roaring like a lion. Uh, but again, we could do a whole other deeper study. There's more study there to, that I'm going to gloss over. If you look at the Daniel and everything where he talks about the kingdoms of the world and what they're pictured as. So there, there's pictures there of that. But what I want to point out is that the dragon gave him his power. That this beast is not the dragon. This beast was given the power by the dragon. That he has a throne and great authority. So he's in political authority. And he has great authority like the world has never seen uh, beforehand. Uh, and I think any politician would take if you gave it to them. Uh, but it says that he has one head mortally wounded but healed. Now this beast uh, is given a multi-figure beast. I'm sure that there's politics involved and multiple heads there. Uh, but he is mortally wounded. At some point, this beast is killed, or at least very close to death. I believe he's killed, uh, but he's also healed. And the whole world marvels at the healing of this leader. And they follow this beast of this type. You know, uh, there's potentially an assassination attempt uh, and a false resurrection. You know, Satan always loves to copy God, and we're going to see more of that in a minute. Uh, but this, this man is killed, and he's healed. And the world marvels at that and follows after that, and they worship him, right? We, you know, we talked last week about Revelation and the timelines, right? It's, it's linear, but it's not linear. It can go back and forth and zoom in on certain events and come back out and then show another event and show events within events, right? So part of the challenge is Revelation is interpreting it into a linear timeline like we like in our Western society, right? Uh, but they worship him. Was he killed in the middle of tribulation? Was he killed when, uh, right before he claimed to be God, right before he stepped into the temple, and when he comes back resurrected, he says, I'm going to go proclaim myself God in the temple? Um, you know, I don't know the order of events, but that would be one that I would think would make sense uh, uh, there. But they say, who is like the beast, and who is able to wage war with him? They're like, no one in history has been like this guy. He's fantastic. He's wonderful. He says the things we want to say. He's able to unite the whole world under one power. We no longer have to worry about Russia. We no longer have to worry about Europe or Africa or North America or nation states. We're all finally one world. Kumbaya. We can come under this man. And who's able to wage war with him? Anyone who's tried to resist him has been defeated. This man's a genius. If the aliens come and attack us, we want him at the helm because he'll be able to defeat them. Um, I'm being a little hyperbolic there, but... If we remember Revelation 6, 2, right? There's a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given him, and went out conquering him to conquer. You know, did he even have to use war to, to get people on his side in some nations? I don't think so. Others, I'm sure he had to. But is not our world clamoring for these things? Clamoring for people and ideals to worship and proclaim? I mean, it seems like every day there's a new month. There's a new thing for us to worship and to proclaim and to celebrate and change your your social network image to be a flag of this ideology or this country to show your support for. Uh, the world is gearing up for it, and they're going to love, they're going to eat this beast up um, as everything they've ever wanted. But make no mistake, like I mentioned before, he is not the dragon. He is not the dragon, but his authority comes from Satan directly. Uh, I don't, You know, like we talked about last week, I believe he's potentially possessed at the time of his false healing and that's when he claims to be god and before that he was just under the influence of it um but he's not the dragon and whether he's aware of it or not in the beginning of his life worshiping satan uh at some point you know i believe he potentially looks to satan for his power and satan begins to give that influence so i don't think he's 
uh, unknowingly going through his journey in life, uh, unknowingly aware of who Satan is. I think that uh, uh, potentially he is. But again, that's my opinion. Uh, but if we look at the world today, you know, things you might have heard in the 90s or even 10 or 15 years ago about conspiracy theories, uh, conspiracy groups, you know, I'm not going to give credence to them all. Uh, but talk of bohemian groves and cabals and child sacrifice and pedophile rings would all be far wacko conspiracy just a handful of years ago now. But the more we pay attention, the more information gets out there, the more people get busted, we begin to see that, no, that there are these things out there. there the world power is not just this world power, that there is a spiritual element to them that is very dark and very evil and satanic. And again, um, you know, just as an example, Epstein being a caught, right? Well, you know, why did he eventually get caught? You know, how did they finally let that happen? But who's gone down from it? Shouldn't all these people have gone down over it? Didn't he have like a ring of people on his plane and on his island? And no, he uh, magically, wonderfully for them killed himself. You know, he did everybody <laughs> who was their favor. Uh, if you believe that he in fact killed himself. Uh, but sincerely, Satan's in charge. He's in charge now. He doesn't have full control because God's restraining him. And the only reason he gets full control is because God allows him. But man, the world is wicked and the world is evil and the world is under the sway of the evil one. But remember, Satan wants to make a false trinity, right? The dragon is Satan trying to be like the father in my estimation. The beast is like the, uh, is the Antichrist trying to be like the Christ. And as we'll see, we'll meet the third person of this uh, unholy trinity soon enough. You know, in, in America, we say clockwise, and I'm trying to teach my kids, about, I don't know if you can see it, there's an analog clock back there. I'm trying to teach them that because I believe that's so important to be able to read a clock for some reason, right? Um, but in England, they don't say counterclockwise, they say anti-clockwise. And they probably say that other places in the world as well. Uh, we think anti as just being, and I'm sure you've heard this, just being against, right? But it really means instead. Um, uh, and so the Antichrist is not just against Christ, which he is, but he's also opposite him, right? He's in his place, like the clock. Clockwise goes one way, and this way, right, for you guys? I don't know. And then counterclockwise, I'm trying, I don't know if it's backwards for you. Um, but sincerely, God's going one way, and the Antichrist tries to take that authority and go the other way. It set the clocks back a different way. Um, you know, uh, some might even think that daylight savings <laughs> is the spirit of the Antichrist, right? Having to get up and change your clocks. I, I kind of enjoy it. But he's going against morals. Is that not the spirit of the world now? Going against morals, going against parents, going against truth, going against societal pillar, pillars, trying to erect different ones, opposite ones. Take this viewpoint out, put this viewpoint in. Take this system out, put this system in. Um, replace this type of people with this type of people, uh, and quote unquote, you know, diversity. I'm all for diversity, right? But I don't think what the world is really preaching uh, today is diversity. And again, uh, commentary, because I think it's important. We see the little horn in Daniel. Uh, he's called the king of fierce countenance, the prince that shall come, the willful king, the one who comes in his own name, the son of perdition, the man of sin, the lawless one. Uh, but this person has 10 crowns, and he's ruler over 10 kingdoms, uh, and he's based in a revived Roman Empire. Uh, you know, just look at the things the Pope says today. Uh, and this man is going to be immoral. 
And everything about this man is blasphemy. Everything he sends, he says, and he stands for will be against and in opposition and instead of God. You know, what does Jesus say in Matthew 15? He says, the things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. And there is no one more defiled than this man. Uh, let's go on in verse 6 through 8. It says, He opened his mouth to speak blasphemies against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle on those who dwell in heaven. And it was granted to him to wage war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe and tongue and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, all whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, who is slain from the foundation of the world. And we'll stop there. That this man literally blasphemes everything, not just in saying bad words, but in being those bad words and espousing those bad things that are blasphemy against God, right? That's saying that anything other than God is God. And especially those who dwell in heaven. I think that's interesting. That this man's words are Satan's words. And as much as Satan wants to rule heaven, he hates it. And this man hates heaven. And like uh, the Bible would say, would speak evil against those dignitaries. But it says that he is granted war, granted to wage war with the saints. That I believe both God allows him to wage war with the saints, but Satan also gives him the power and instruction and social um, structure and social uh, uh, okay to do it, right? You know, every time we go to war, we need Congress's approval, right? Anytime, even society right now is the things they're doing are, are already just queuing people up to like hate certain things without even thinking about it. And that's the way the world's going to be in this time. And he goes to war with the saints and he overcomes them. He overcomes them. Think about that. The Bible says that the Antichrist in this time for this time period, not for all eternity, but for this period of time, overcomes the saints. That God allows the saints to be overcome. God allows them to be killed. And I know that this is in Revelation, but is this not true at times in our time? Wasn't uh, that pastor in Canada overcome by the government for 51 days and put in solitary confinement? That pastor in Turkey and Iran, right, overcome. Those people in the Middle East who are beheaded. Those churches and things burned down in Africa. Um, wasn't even Paul naked, shipwrecked, beaten. Jesus himself crucified. Overcome, not forever, but for a time. And why then do we expect our lives then to be perfect? Why then do we not accept the evil and the good, as it says in Job, um, in life, that God allows these things for His purpose? Do we expect to be delivered from every trial? I think we should spiritually. I think the Bible is clear that God will give us the spiritual strength to endure every trial and tribulation that we face. But it doesn't mean that you might not end up homeless in God's will. It doesn't mean that you might end up um, tortured for God's will doesn't mean that we're going to get out of it. These people who would teach us otherwise, that we're supposed to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, I think have skipped over some significant portions of Scripture and the people of God that have gone through those things. But is this not what Romans 12 would call our reasonable service? Our reasonable service, that's heavy. We were talking about this as a family there, and it's heavy. I don't mean to be heavy. It's heavy for all of us. But sincerely, I think we should look at this and let it 
readjust our perspective on life as we go forward in it. But this man is given authority uh, over every nation and tribe and tongue that he is going to rule the world, right? Um, and all the world may not like it. Some will, some won't, but he will rule over them. Uh, even now, look at the way the world is getting queued up for this. If you haven't read about it, Google or actually don't Google, use a, a private search engine, but look up global minimum tax, global minimum tax. The global government's already here, guys, whether you believe it or not. The things that we're doing as a country right now are under global influence. But this man is going to be more than just a political authority. There's going to be moral and spiritual authority in this regime as well, that he will be worshipped, right? Communism gets rid of worship of God for worship of the state. This tyranny is going to get worship of God for worship of the Antichrist, that he will be worshipped. And don't dictators love to erect images of themselves for worship? But anyone who is not a Christian will be powerless not to worship this man in this system. They will be deceived and they will be swept up in it because they will be powerless against the full attack of Satan without the influence of God in their lives. But I love that it says the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, that somehow this is God's plan from all of history, through all of history, and through all of eternity. That God knew this was going to happen, God allowed it to happen, and God's saying this is what has to happen in order for my for full righteousness to be carried out. That somehow God has to allow this evil to happen in pursuit of uh, complete righteousness in his kingdom. Let's go on. Verse 9 says, If anyone has an ear, let him, let him or her hear. He who is to be taken captive, into captivity he shall go. He who kills with the sword, with the sword he must be killed. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. Haven't you not heard that before? Uh, did Jesus not say that over and over and over in Matthew, Mark, Luke, even in the beginning of Revelation of the churches? Guys, if you have an ear, hear, right? We have ears, let's hear. But more than that, God really wants us to listen. God really wants us to hear what he is saying to us in general. But when God calls that out in scripture, I think we need to pay attention. And I don't claim to fully understand what this is saying uh, or any of what the Bible is saying. I, I, I think I have, by God's grace, a little bit of a grasp on it. But man, I, we oh, and my point is we always need to hear more. We always need to listen more. We always need to be ready to hear. Have, uh, be slow to speak and ready to listen, right? So God says, uh, or in James uh, 1, 21 through 27, uh, I'm not going to read it all, but I know you guys are familiar with this passage of Scripture. He says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer. He is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes his way, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Um, and he goes on and says, a true religion is uh, visit orphans and widows in their trouble, but to keep oneself unspotted from the world. That it's our duty to hear and to listen, and we'll be blessed in that, but it's our duty to keep oneself unspotted from the world. And the world is going to be very spotted, like that leopard, uh, in these days. But the Antichrist has absolute power on earth for a time, uh, and for all those who are unbelievers, right? Uh, now Satan can only influence the world, and he has power over certain people, but then he's going to have full authority over them. Unless you have the Holy Spirit, you're, you might as well be possessed because uh, there's no resisting the power and the deception in those days. That anyone, we have 10 minutes, so I will let you know when that.
10 minute timer runs out. But anyone who resists this tyranny and this kingdom will be put in jail. Anyone who tries to stop this tyranny by force will be killed. And we love that governments love to do those. And as it's been said, the worst tyranny is the, the tyranny that says they're doing it for your own good. Um, and it's kind of scary how quickly the world turns to tyranny with just a little bit of fear they turn to it. But anyone who's not for Jesus, on the flip side, will be for the Antichrist. And anyone who is for the Antichrist will be for Jesus during this time. That right now we kind of have this gray middle ground. It's not really a middle ground if you really consider it. But there is kind of this middle ground. You know, you've got people who are kind of in the middle and you can minister to. There's people who kind of ride the fence or quote-unquote good people. But, you know, I love, you know, listening to certain podcasts. Like, they're not believers, but they're obviously starting to see the truth. And I can get behind that. And we can, if we can stand behind free speech and standing up for the truth and individual liberty, then we can figure out all the other political stuff later, and that doesn't really matter. You know, I'm willing to be uh, partnered with them in that sense. But no longer will it be that way in this time. There's going to be people who are full-on, you know, for the Antichrist, and there's going to be believers. And there's not really going to be a middle ground. They're going to rat you out. They're going to turn you in. They're going to kill you, and they're going to think they're doing God, quote-unquote, a service, as the scripture says. You know, Jesus said, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me uh, scatters. Uh, but also, I think that these people who are with the Antichrist, they're not guiltless. Oh, you know, I, the whole world's kind of taken over. I don't know that I buy into the whole thing, but I'm going to take the mark. You know, what else can I do? I'm not gonna, I can't lose my job. I can't lose my livelihood. This is the way the world's going. Who can resist it? I'm going to go along with it, right? They're not going to be guiltless. The people in Hitler's day weren't guiltless, right? The people who hid the Jews, right, were better. Uh, but man, the, the pastors and preachers who went along like Hitler was fine, uh, they certainly had a measure of guilt. And I believe the same thing in our day. If we don't stand up for those who can't speak for themselves, for the unborn and for uh, the right to free speech and other things, we will have a measure of guilt on us uh, and blood on our hands, right? Uh, obviously, the most important thing is spreading the gospel. I'm not trying to put things out of order. Uh, but with that, you know, our faith and our work should match up. And those who side with the Antichrist will go to the ultimate prison, hell, and suffer the ultimate penalty, uh, eternal death. And the second call here is a call for uh, patience and faith of the saints. At this time of the Great Tribulation, I don't think the call or uh, the, the wisdom itself um, has ever been needed like this before. Because this time is unlike the world has ever seen or ever will see. It will require more patience. It will require more faith in action to survive this tribulation period than ever in history. We need our faith. We need patience as believers. God instructs us in that. But man, we can kind of get up and go to the store. We don't need the mark yet, right? They're trying to make it. If we don't have the vaccine, you can't go get groceries, right? Like in some places of the world. But man, with, especially without the influence of the church, without... Yeah, New York still requires some places to get vaccinated mm. in this city. Yeah, right? It's horrible. Yeah, and thankfully some people have resisted it. You know, if they had their way and people weren't like fighting for it, it would be worse. Um, but imagine without the Holy Spirit. Imagine without the direct influence of the church and fellowship that there'd be no way to overcome it. And the fact that, you know how deceptive it is now, you can never tell what's truth anymore, right? You kind of just have to go, all right. <laughs> uh, but deception's going to be at the max of this time. It's going to be awful. And you know what? God doesn't want us to be there. And I'm thankful that none of us uh, will be there, I would believe. So 
uh, let's go on and try and get through the rest of this in, uh, in an efficient amount of time. It says, Then I saw another beast, verse 11, rising out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs, the second beast, great signs, making fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. He deceives those who dwell on the earth by signs, which he was granted to do in the presence of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast, who was wounded by sword and lived. He uh, was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many who would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, both free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. We see slavery is still around in this time. So that no one may buy or sell except he who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And we'll stop there and save the last verse for the very end. But we see another beast, this time out of the earth. The first beast uh, came out of the sea and he was the image of the dragon. This beast is in the image of the first beast and he comes out of the earth. That he is lesser in power and authority, but he, he, he walks the walk, he talks the talk, it's the same message. Uh, but that it's interesting that he looks like a lamb, right? That again, he's tried to, uh, like this false goodness, this false kindness, this false spirituality, this false holiness, this false Jesus-like picture almost. That he's, he comes in like, a, the first guy's strong, big MMA, so to speak. And this guy's gentle, timid, Pope-like, right? You know, maybe, I don't know what he looks like. But spiritually, he's got, he looks like a lamb. But what does his voice sound like? It might be sweet and tender and high-pitched and gentle. But it's the voice of a dragon. That he speaks like a dragon. That his words are evil. His words are satanic, right? The Bible says that, they, that Satan can what? Disguise himself as a minister of light. But he exercises authority only in the beast's presence. And I think that, I don't necessarily think that he has to necessarily be standing right there next to him to do it. But I think the point is that he's only going to do what the beast wants him to do. And everything he does is only going to bring, uh, you know, he's never going to speak ill will of his boss in public, so to speak. He's only going to bring glory to this false beast. But this guy is the false prophet. He's doing false signs. He's a false Elijah, false Jesus, false John the Baptist, false Billy Graham, false Holy Spirit to this part of this unholy trinity that this one world government is one world religion and it's one system um and i don't think it is from the start i think from the start it's coexist get along everybody but then after the 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 trying to kill the, the antichrist this guy comes up and causes everyone to worship says look we've got spiritual authority we got to get rid of this coexist system if it doesn't work we can only worship this one guy uh because look he's god he stood up like god he's in the temple he's doing things that only a god could do uh or so they would say it right but he causes, uh, actually, let's pause here. If you want to come back in, uh, I think we'll only probably go another 10 minutes at most. So if you want to come back in, uh, come back in. Uh, on the, What's that? You yeah, you have to close out and end the call and then come back in. Wait, 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 wait. Is it really snow? And pick up. So where were we? Uh, beast out of the earth, uh, lesser in power. Um, But it's interesting that he, uh, he causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. Uh, you know, that this man is the author of this worship. Uh, you know, he does something to produce it. And part of it are these false signs and wonders 
to encourage it. Like, look, like worship man, but look, like there, there's real authority here that other people don't have. And again, like we were just talking about, think the media is bad now. Think music is awful now. Wait until they're completely honest about who they're worshiping and the movies that they make and the morals that they press and the lyrics that they write. I mean, even some of the, I don't know, is it mumble rappers? There's one guy who's coming out now who's like, the album was literally to Satan and the guy gets killed at the con- at the concert and he just keeps going and while he's watching, you know, don't even get me started on that. But this man performs great signs. Again, he's a false prophet and he's doing the prophetic things like Moses and Elijah. Remember we read a couple weeks ago about the two prophets, right? That they come and they speak the gospel and out of their mouth comes fire to anyone who devours them. And they call down fire from heaven and God says, do whatever plagues you want, guys. Whenever you want, whenever you want, however you want, do the plagues. And they're happening, I believe, probably at the same time that this guy is doing his false signs. And isn't that like Satan always trying to distract us from the truth? That God is doing the true thing out there one way, and he comes out with this false thing that looks almost exactly like it, uh, but at the heart is evil. Um, And people can literally look at the truth and then deny it despite it being obvious. And is that not exactly like our day? People look at things that are completely obvious. You're obviously this, even though you're claiming to be that. And they'll look at it and say that it's not the case, right? But what's interesting is that I believe because he's causing the earth and the people who dwell on it to worship the beast, right? I believe that this person literally causes the ground, causes the earth, causes the physical elements. Remember, he's calling down fire from heaven to bring worship to the beast. That he is given such authority and power, spiritual deceiving power in this time, that he would use the same natural things that God might use to bring glory to himself to now bring glory uh, to uh, the Antichrist, to bring worship to the Antichrist. Um, you know, creation obviously gives glory to God, and it hasn't been fully corrupted, right? But this time it's going to be completely bent, uh, in, at least in people's perception, right? Like, obviously, it's always going to bring glory to God. But it's going to be completely bent uh, to bring glory to the Antichrist. I mean, even look at our times, right? Just to kind of bring back a touch point for us, is that the science of our day, the science of Darwin, taking what's obviously glorifying God in creation to twisting and saying, no, you came from a monkey. Or looking at the history and saying, it's millions of years, billions of years. It just happened. When Obviously, when you look at it with a clear moral lens, you go, no, it has to have been created. There's no way that this could have just spawned into being. You know, cats never turn into dogs, so to speak. But that God uses these signs, fires from heaven through his prophets, and Satan uses the same sign, fire from heaven through his false prophet. Uh, And the Antichrist is going to pervert all of these. Um, Ephesians 2.2 talks about uh, once we all walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. We forget that Satan has some power that when, when Jesus rebukes some of the storms, that I believe that there's probably satanic influence in them. Not that all weather is that way, right? But even when Job was fleeing from God, God caused a storm to happen, that there's this back and forth in creation with the spiritual influence. And I don't want to get too deep into that because, you know, it's I think that we can get lost in it. But this false prophet causes an image to be made of the first beast, causes somewhat of an idol to be made, whether it's one big idol and a bunch of little idols that have to be in everyone's home, you know, potentially. Uh, if we remember Nebuchadnezzar, what he thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't even know if they had sliced bread then. 
but he built this huge 90 foot tall gold thing. When the music played, when the worship leader came out, when the false prophet came out, everyone come down and worship and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego wouldn't bend the knee, right? And they were, they were threatened with death and they said, whether, you, whether God's gonna save us or not, it doesn't matter. We're still not going to bow down to you because we know the truth. We know who God is, and God did save them. And Nebuchadnezzar came to faith in that. Uh, but the Antichrist, uh, unfortunately for him, will not come to faith. But what's interesting here, and I need you guys to bear with me for a second. I need to hang on for a second. This is kind of my opinion based on the, what it looks like and what it is. But it says that he's given authority to give breath to the image to speak. That this image that they erect, this idol that they erect, is given life, is given breath to speak, is given authority to kill those who don't worship the Antichrist, who don't worship the beast and, and, and himself. And I have to wonder, if you look at the things going on in the world, if you look at the advances in um, artificial intelligence, where we're getting computers to think, where we're inventing quantum computers, where they're able to carry out things or even, you know, uh, military drones that are capable of identifying targets and shooting them down. And the, the only thing that the reason why we don't let them kill willy nilly is because there'd be ramifications, right? But there's a capability to do that. Uh, we look at social credit like they have in China where you have an app and uh, you know, if you, if you're a better communist, you get better rewards and perks, you know, it's like McDonald's rewards, but it's for communism. Uh, and you can rat out your neighbors and friends. You can make a game of it. Right. Uh, and that's coming here. It's already in Ukraine. We talk about social credit and UBI and everything else all rolled into one. We look at the surveillance state, cameras everywhere, phones everywhere, uh, not needing a, a tap to read your email, right? Get encrypted email, get encrypted chat now while you can. Um, you know, we talk about the metaverse, the justice system being reformed, right? Imagine, right? You talk about the singularity. That's like the big deal. And I'll get off this topic in a minute. But imagine with me for a minute, technology progresses a little bit further. It doesn't have to be much. They finally get AI, which is sentient, meaning this is like the goal of all of AI. You talk about that, Elaine, that false church, right, of all the religions. Well, there's also one for AI, the church of AI, where they, they can't wait for AI to become sentient. And you can, it'll, it'll be so smart and so wise, we'll just listen to it and it'll figure out all our problems. And the thing is, it could already be here and we wouldn't even know it because it would be smart and bide its time, right? But imagine this beast, this system is now, this world system is of the economy, of religion, of social things, of entertainment, of politics, is ruled over by this Antichrist. He has a, a false beast who worships him. But then they also have this sentient being that's not human, that's able to control everything and watch everything. Because who has time to pay attention to everybody? But now we can tell what you want to buy, what you're doing with your money, where you are. And it, it'll send out and kill you if you're not following in line if you're not following in line so i don't think we're that far off so we'll get off that little frightening horror movie for a minute which is reality but he makes everyone and anyone get a mark any everyone in the whole world small and great on their right hand or their forehead i believe you know the right hand is a symbol of authority and power right but i believe the forehead could also be obviously god marks his saints in this time on their head but also i believe that Perhaps this is an allegiance to this, this person getting this mortal wound, right? Being stabbed with a sword, it talks about. That somehow it's an allegiance to that. You know, they're talking about putting a brain chip in, right? Like, I'm not saying that getting a brain chip is wrong in this time if it helps you walk. But if the mark involves a brain chip, you don't want that brain chip. You know, we talked the other week about taking your free will away. They're already talking about that, one of Klaus Schwab's advisors, right? Uh, could it be a sword? 
Uh, could guns be outlawed in this time, right? Uh, could it not? It's, it's a word for like a dagger, like a, you know, your secondary sword. Like if you think of a regular sword as like a rifle, this would be like the handgun of swords. Maybe it is a handgun because John was like, well, I don't know what that is, but he put it up to his head and he stabbed them with it. You know what I mean? I don't know if he knows what it is or not. Um, uh, but was it someone close to him? Did someone close to him hide a sword or hide a gun and then pop, pop him in the head? You know, at some meeting? You know, was it somebody on the street like who tried to kill Reagan? I don't know. Uh, was it like Caesar, not at two Brutus? where he was stabbed, right? Uh, but it's interesting that they need to take the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. You know, is it all the same thing? Are they all one thing potentially? Uh, but could it be three tiers of it, right? Like full-on commitment. You're the best communist. You're the best Scientologist. You've got the mark. The other people just have a number. You know, I don't know what that is. But um, man, whatever the case, you're all his. Uh, you are not getting out of it once you take this. Your free will, whether it's free will taken by technology or free will just given over, You've given yourself over and there's no turning back from this and people are going to line up for miles to get it just like the people who line up for miles to get their fourth shot and brag about it on Twitter. People are going to be like, yes, I got my mark today. Go get your mark. It's fantastic. And that's what's coming, guys. And our and people in the world are ready um, for it. But here, verse 18, as we close, thank you for bearing with me for another long message two weeks in a row. But uh, there's a lot here and I didn't want to split it. And he says... Here is a call, at least in my uh, translation, a call for wisdom. Others might just say, here is wisdom, right? But when there's wisdom, it's calling for us, like Proverbs talks about us. So here is a call for wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. So there's at least one person in all of history who will have the understanding who will be able to calculate this out. But calculate the number of the beast. It is the number of a man. His number is 666. That this person will be a specific person in history. It's not just an ethos. It's not just a system. But there will be one person who is it. But they, somebody with wisdom, and even the Bible, it's interesting, wants us to have that wisdom, that number, arithmos, math, to be able to calculate, to be able to look on and say that this is that person. It's interesting that in the European Union, there's like 666 was open. You know, a couple of years ago, I don't know if it still is, but that was a little creepy, right? Um, but they can calculate what the system is like. They can calculate who he is. And for time, we won't get further into this one. Uh, but 666, whether it's the actual number 666, someone was trying to claim that it was um, Arabic, you know, and there might be something to that, but I, I don't think that the system's going to be Arabic despite things that are going on in the world. It's going to be bigger than that. Um but it's a false trinity again, right? If seven is God's holy number, perfect number, six is the number of man, it's this perfect false trinity of man, 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 of humanism uh, to the nth degree. Uh, but again, it's a false trinity. This person will be a person. There will be a number. You know, you can think about blockchain. You can think about cryptocurrency. You can think about technology, that all these things kind of could play into that. And I think that we can calculate that like wisdom like we've never had before. Uh, but with that, we could speculate for all eternity, and it's good to think about. But with that, um, know that we know who the real Christ is, that we shouldn't be looking for this man. We won't be able to find him anyway, uh, but we should be looking for the return of Jesus. That as we see the spirit of the Antichrist in the world, it should be our call to follow God more, to lay aside the things of the world, the sin that so easily ensnares us, and encourage us to follow God even more wholeheartedly as the days grow in. Because if we look around, we should be able to tell that these are the last days and we should encourage others as, as these things are waking people up. We should wake them up further than just don't get involved with the government. That personal liberty is good, but wake them up to, wow, spiritual liberty, freedom in Christ 
is the best. So with that, God, we thank you for this time in your word. Thank you again that we were able to, to meet like this and go through your word. May your word uh, be what sticks with us and lasts and help us go forth uh, with that great commission to make disciples of all nations, that they would be ready and as many as who would choose you would choose you before, uh, God, it's too late. But we thank you for this warning and may at least some of Nick and Elaine's Bibles make it through the rapture for other people to find and hang on to. So God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So may God bless you and keep you and his face shine upon you. Thanks for listening today. If you've never come face to face with God, if you're starting to see that your life is not all that it's supposed to be, if it's weighed down with sin and burden, or perhaps it's just empty, you have everything you want in life, but you know there's more. Know that Jesus loves you. Know that he cares for you. And that the reason why he came and died on the cross is that all the things you've done wrong, the things that are called sin, keep you from going to heaven, keep you from being close to him, close to the one who truly loves you. And if that's you, all you have to do, like the Bible says, is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he's Lord and you will be saved. You don't have to do anything else. So won't you pray with me? You can pray this. It's easy. Talk to him. He's listening. Lord Jesus, God, I see that I'm a sinner, that I can't live without you. I can try, but and I have tried, but it's empty. It's worthless. It's painful, and, and it's killing me. And I'm sorry. Please forgive me of hurting you and hurting other people and myself. Please make me clean. Help me, God, to know you and to trust you and to follow you all my days. Be my Lord. And come soon, I pray, Jesus. Amen. And if you've prayed that or something similar in your own words, please let us know. Visit our website and get in touch. Or talk to someone in your life who's a Christian. Find a good church that believes the Bible, that teaches the Bible, that lives it. And get involved. Christians aren't perfect, but God is. And He wants you to be around others who love Him. So may God bless you and keep you and His face shine upon you.